Welcome to Security with Spirits. I'm your host, Jason, and I'm joined at the bar by... Ben, Jonathan, and Tony. We'll tell you what to drink while we tell you about why we drink. All right, so we're gathered here again. Let's start off with uh, what everybody's drinking. I, myself, I am drinking a Weller Antique 107. Pretty nice. I actually like it. I uh, got the bottle gifted to me. Give it a try. Can't, you know, can't turn down free liquor. So pass it over to Ben. What you drinking? Well, I went to my local store to restock, and they apparently had had a tasting, and they had a local distillery from Missouri come through. They Everyone who tried it ended up buying a bottle, and so I said, what the heck, I'll try it out. It's a Truman Reserve Golden Valley. It's a straight bourbon whiskey. It is very tasty, and it has a nice little embossed bottle. I'm drinking it neat, and it's yeah, very smooth, very very delicious. Uh, Jonathan, what are you drinking? I just killed a bottle of S.E. Callahan's Blood Orange and Honey. It's dangerous is the problem, but <laughs> it's a fantastic blend. It's just very sweet. And luckily, last weekend, I picked up an extra bottle, so I've got another one ready to go. Tony, what have you got in your glass? For tonight's signature cocktail, there's, there's a cocktail called an Old Pal that's traditionally rye whiskey, Campari, and dry vermouth. And there's a milder variation called a new friend. For our twist on this, we're calling this the current colleague. And inspired by Ben's previous Scotch experiments, I swapped the rye for Scotch, kept the Campari and vermouth in equal proportions, and added a few dashes of orange bitters, garnishing with an orange twist. It's a, it's, I would call it a bracing cocktail for sure. I'll have to try that out. That sounds delicious. I have a kind of a random question. So all these uh, whiskey bottles, there's some beautiful ones out there, but I also know there's like the decanters. So do you guys, I, I have a decanter. I, there's occasionally I'll be ashamed of whiskey and I'll pour it in the decanter, but for the <laughs> most part, I display the bottles proudly. What about you guys? So there's two things I've always heard with a decanter is where you put your social whiskey. You're not going to share your most valued ones with everybody that comes over Mm. so you have a decanter that might have it could be something that is expensive whatever just whatever you feel comfortable sharing and the other thing i've heard is doing with with a decanter is to you take you as you drink a bottle down you'll always get down to where you have just a little bit left you pour it into the decanter for every bottle that you finish And by the time it's full, it'll be a mix of, say, the different bourbons and scotches and whiskeys and stuff you've drank over the last so many years. And you'll have, like, your own blend. Oh, I like that. It's like the Edless uh, soup broth. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) I had started one. It's not gotten nearly full enough to try yet. But uh, I'm kind of looking forward to it. It's going to be a a nice mix of Islay scotches and uh, some bottle and bond bourbon so it'll be interesting what it comes out as nice now i've wanted a decanter to keep in my den like i was wanting to put a little table in there with a decanter and some glasses and stuff and keep it separate but like in my office i've got i had to i had to add a shelf a couple months ago because i had too many bottles (laughs) (laughs) but it's true like good looking bottles Mm -hmm. i think uh, should be displayed yeah Absolutely. But what you were talking about, Ben, I had started that and it was the first drink went into a bottle and it was like the never ending 
bottle or something like that. Yeah, I kind of like that because then you don't have to wait so long. And what if you drink straight from the bottle? Then you're, you know, (laughs) putting your backwash in there. (laughs) And then the bottle that you've been adding to, you know, you can taste it over time and then you get different flavors and it, you know, it grows over time. I like that. I'm going to try that. Jason, I'm going to put that decanter to work now. <laughs> well, I had been using it like you'd mentioned, Ben, first there about putting the uh, putting the embarrassing bottles of liquor into the decanter, the social bottles, if you will. So I'll just put my my guest Wi-Fi password on the social bottle, and there you go. Whenever guests come over, be like the Wi-Fi and booze are right there. That's what you get. <laughs> put it at the bottom of the bottles. You got to finish this to get the code. <laughs> Awesome. Well, let's hop into the episode. So we have looked at vendors. We have done the POC, the the proof of concept. We are ready to, at this point, either buy the product or tell them, sorry. So let's talk about some of the experiences we've had, some of the things to watch out for, maybe some tips to, to help you out along the way. So let's start with the bad experiences. There are plenty of times in which we evaluate products and we find that they just aren't right for us, not a fit, or it could be something as a business decision where the the money's just not there to invest in it. And trying to tell the salespeople to stop calling or stop (laughs) emailing me every, every week or every day or stop calling me every week or every day that no, we are not going to buy your product has been painful and I feel like that's something we've probably all experienced. How about you, Jonathan? Have you experienced this? Oh, definitely. Was looking at one solution and you know, the, the POC didn't go well and it just didn't fit the goals of the overall project and what we were trying to meet. And we finally kind of shut it down and then the vendor come back and just really is almost like they took it too personal like we were shutting you know turning them down as a human being and it wasn't that it was just the software didn't meet the goals and then a month or two later uh got an email and it it was one of those automated ones like hey we're doing this webinar and i found it interesting and i'd clicked on it and registered it registered for it and i mean within like less than an hour i got an email back from that needy sales rep Hey, I seen you clicked on this link. Uh, let's set up some time and talk and let's see what, what we can do to, you know, kind of get this going again. I'm like, oh no. Like he fished you. Yeah, I'm like, <laughs> I was just, you know, wanting to learn some more about this specific area. And I, I no, we're not talking. And just had to block the domain that they were emailing from. <laughs> That'll stop uh, them. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Jason? Honesty is always the best policy be upfront and honest with people. Whenever early on in my career, I was embarrassed to say that we didn't get the funding. 
you know, it wasn't like it was coming out of my pocket, but still I, yeah. I felt embarrassed. We went through the whole thing and I kept saying, well, you know, maybe this and maybe that and kind of stringing them along. And it was a horrible experience. So unfortunately you got to have those tough conversations and you got to say, it's not a fit. I'm sorry for whatever reason. And we're done. And it can be really tough. It can be like, I have heard everything from, from I've already put this sale through our system and it's going into my, my, you know, my salary and you're taking food off my kids' tables and stuff oh, like that. Like, wow. don't, don't be that way. That's not what we're like. That will, that will not only make it to where you've lost the sale now, but I'm not going to deal with you later and I'm not going to recommend you. Tony, how about you? You make a good point. Like that's the difference between a salesperson being selfish and a salesperson looking out for the good of the company, right? Maybe they take the loss on this sale, but you keep a good relationship so that later down when you do have the funding or you do have a product that fits their needs can come back. Whereas if you burn that bridge, that's gone. You leave a, uh, if a salesperson leaves a, a bad taste in your mouth, you're done with that company altogether, right? Yeah, and like especially with funding, like I know that they go back and they will try to get the best deal they can, try to give you those end of the quarter coupons or whatever. <laughs> but they got to understand, like get their personal interest out of this. I know they're on commission, right? Mm -hmm. But they got to get their personal investment out of this and understand that if you want even the chance of possibly selling to me later, then you need to be a good person about this. Like how many, like how many times, Jason, have you been bothered by salespeople even after you've told them no and they keep trying to whittle a price down a few thousand dollars? Oh, it's yeah, it's horrible. It's they'll do that. They'll they'll keep trying to knock the price down a little bit, a little bit more, and then they'll go over my head. They'll they'll hop on yeah. social media and they'll see, oh, you know, I who I report to or other people in the division that, you know, have like titles or something like that. And they'll reach out to them and they'll say, you know, what can we do to help Jason out? And it's just it's not right. It, it's not a way and Tony's right, you know, you still have to have that relationship there no matter what happens. Because if you if you make this thing go sour, it's gonna go sour forever. Bridges burnt. Like I, I don't want to talk to you again because I don't want that experience again. And maybe the company you're at now, it you know it didn't work out. But then a few years down the road, you're somewhere else and in a different position. It's like, you know, I remember looking at this tool and I think it'd be great here, and I think we can get the funding here. Yep. Whereas at the previous place, but now you're soured on it. Even if, maybe even if it was a great product and, you know, checked all the boxes that you needed to get checked. And we should be more upfront with them about where we're vocal. We talk to our colleagues and we will remember how this experience that we will review this product. It's no, this age of internet, the information age, we always have resources that we can ask and find out other people's experiences with certain companies. And they should know that they're putting their own personal interests above the company's own reputation. It's one of the things that I don't see a whole lot out there, but we need to be better about it for, you know, IT people. I know most people, most IT people tend to be introverted, but we're still out there. We're on social media. We're checking up on the product before we buy it give back to the community once you if you bought it if you've signed on the dotted line you have the product now even if you haven't give your experiences out there let other people know like this is what's going on this is this is how it went with for, for me just share when you can and i'll tell you you know one thing I, i've searched for that has helped is looking at the job postings 
that a vendor makes. <laughs> if it's uh, mostly sales and marketing and not a lot of tech jobs posted, it's a bad sign. Oh, that is a good point. That's one thing that, that eats me up is those companies that don't know how to handle people, but they still want to keep them. So instead of paying Joe engineer, pre-sales engineer, what he's worth, they promote him to a manager so they can pay him the money that he's wanting. And now you, you take a great performer and you put him in this role and it just mixes the whole thing up for the customer and the company. All right, can I, can I pose a more general question? Like how much of a sale is dependent on the product versus the people behind the product? Because we're reaching the point where a lot of the security applications are sort of commodities, right? There's, there's not a lot to differentiate them. I'm a big believer of you need to have that relationship with the vendor and you're right. Uh, unfortunately, we're in the day to where, you know, people spin up software all the time or services or whatever. And it's a, it's a big part of it. Like you have to have services that fit the organization's needs, but you also have to have that relationship because if, if something hits the fan, I want to be able to reach out to somebody, say I've, I've tried all the regular support channels and everything, and it's just not working. Please help me out. And having that relationship is super valuable. Oh yeah. I remember the first vendor I really, you know, I kind of got dedicated to this one system and I, I had a TAM and it was just awesome being able to just email this one guy. And if he couldn't find the answer, didn't know the answer, he grabbed like, I mean, like a level three engineer and dragged them in. and. That just was, it was an awesome experience. You don't get that with every vendor. But what about when things go right and you're going to choose the vendor? So how does that, what needs to be thought about there? Well, step one, all the swag stops. <laughs> oh, definitely. <laughs> Why? I, that exactly. should be renewed every year. <laughs> I'm a, yeah, I'm a valued customer. I would like a, you know, a holiday present, a birthday present, uh, something. <laughs> <laughs> I want to speak to a little bit on the having where they promote an engineer to a manager. Because I can think of a couple times in my experience where that has happened. And I remember early on, especially early on in my IT career, I'm still just a help desk jockey to a junior admin. Uh, we had partnered with a company and what a big part of what made us decide what made my input lean toward these companies was the engineer was was a mentor you know they they understood hey i i get it you're you're fr you're fresh to this this biz i will help you i'll explain things to you and i will you know i'll have your back with getting this implemented and, and working and everything and both instances that happened where the engineer got promoted to management, right? To pay him what he wants. And the service went down and uh, you find yourself kind of on an island a little bit. And I understand like they got to look out for their career, but it's, it is really a sad aspect of, of the business when talent goes to the management pool. <laughs> what you're so, saying is it always goes back to HR screwing things up. <laughs> <laughs> is that it again <laughs> so that that's another thing that i want to hit on about earlier i had mentioned about sharing your experiences and we tend to do that a lot it's really easy to complain about something but for some reason we don't we don't tend to talk up whenever good things happen so whenever you find that experience when you find that vendor that you like 
tell them, tell their managers, tell social media, tell everybody like that kind of relationship. And I've had those relationships before where I'm like, I can count on them for anything. I feel it helps me sleep at night knowing that they got my back. And that is so valuable to me. Well, we don't tend to talk about them enough. You know, I, I can see that Think just because it's, I guess there's that piece in us like, ah, well, they, they, we've, they've got our back and, you know, that's all we think about. We move on, but we'll complain about the ones that, you know, don't take care of us. <laughs> I really, by the time I really consider just how helpful they were, I tend to forget. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it is something that I try to tell up and coming junior admins and such is when you get a good vendor or you get a good connection especially now with social media find that person connect with them and even if you just give a small like hey this guy really helped us here that goes a long way when has a var ever actually added value oh that's a that's a good point so i i had an experience one time where i was going through a var we selected the product we made the purchase, we, we went through budget, everything got approved, we're good, we're going through, and all of a sudden they say, like, uh, the, the final quote comes in, and it's hundreds of thousands of dollars more than what it originally was. Like, what's what's going on here? I'm like, well, you need these additional services. No, I, I don't, and if I did, I should have been notified when we were in the budget period. Now, I, I can't go back and say, I'm sorry, I was, you know, my, my quote was off by more than half of the product cost. It, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm stuck, like it makes me look terrible. And then whenever I have to say, no, I'm, I'm gonna have to turn it down because this is way out of scope, way out of budget. Now, then they make me feel bad because they're like, oh, well, you didn't get this budget. I, oh, yeah, it's, has, has hopefully somebody somebody's had that experience right one of you guys they are a variance added reseller <laughs> yes <laughs> not a value added reseller mm -hmm. <laughs> I, I can't think of any time that i've ever been so happy to go with the company the the partner company reseller company rather than just go directly to the company right i mean they've kind of they've outlived their usefulness Right? Like, you don't need yeah. that middleman anymore. You can deal directly with the vendor. Yeah. I can I can see some er times where there are opportunities where you are looking for services to implement or something like that. But it shouldn't be the required way to purchase. These old partnerships oh, that yeah. these, these companies have where they point you to these people, that's all they're doing is scratching their back. Mm -hmm. it, it does not help us at all. Tony Robot, you've opened up a can of worms because now the, <laughs> the pain of you made the decision, you've picked the vendor, you've picked everything, you submit it for approval, and your organization goes, we're going to farm this out to five whatever companies and get the best price. And now all of a sudden, all those relationships that you've built all the everything it's all gone and it just goes to like the the cheapest vendor mm. who knows they were picked just because they had the lowest price yep. <laughs> and they're giving you the lowest price service too oh yeah <laughs> there there went your whole idea of poc to prod too <laughs> so all that work's gone now i gotta drink more <laughs> <laughs>
So what kind of ideas do we have to, uh, to, to help everybody out? We've had a little bit of complaining. We had some good ideas. We had everything else. What kind of ideas can we bring to the table to improve this process? Well, one thing that, that needs to happen in any time, whether it's a yes or no on the purchase, is whoever that account manager is, whoever is over the sales team should send you a way to grade the sales team. Mm, yeah. Like, Tony, what do you think? Well, yeah, I mean, it's a pretty common thing to get that follow-up email after you submit, like, a support incident, right? How is our service? So why not have the same sort of follow-up after a, a sales call? That makes perfect sense. And don't make it too difficult. I I don't want to spend an afternoon filling out a survey. <laughs> like, just... I'll, I'll give I'll give praise, and I'll, I'll give my honest opinion. I'll... I'll I'll do that, but I hate it whenever I'm like, I get through with one page and I click, you know, what I'm thinking is the submit button and it takes me to the next page. No, I just, just one page. I, I can sum it all up. It'll be fine. I'll give two minutes on a survey. Yeah. If I read it, it's more than, yeah. it says this might take more than two minutes. I, I'm not going to do it. <laughs> or there's going to have to be a free Yeti tumbler at the end of it or something. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Time for some patching. Let's go back and patch our previous episode. One of the things that we were talking about that, that we kind of let slide by, and we'll, we'll, we'll talk about it briefly. It's a, it's a small patch, I promise. But whenever a vendor demos their software, know your software. I can understand technical difficulties. I can understand if, you know, the, the lab breaks or whatever and you have to reschedule. That's forgivable. But... Whenever you're, um, click, um, oh no, it's over here. Click, uh, I'm here. Uh, 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 uh no, don't, mm -mm, nope. Doesn't jive with me. Fellas, what do you think? Even if they aren't a, say a technical engineer or anything like that, maybe they are just a marketing person. They should be putting in reps. Yeah. <laughs> they should be like, okay. And then I click here and then I click here. And, then I do the, you know. and if not, have somebody on the call that does know that. Yes. Yeah. And I know some some companies they get upset because well, you know they're this level engineer and we really need them run, working support tickets and things like that. Well, your salespeople look foolish because they don't you know they're not going to master the software. They're too busy harassing people through email and phone calls. <laughs> you know, just bring on the sales engineer. Don't don't give me a salesperson. Give me the, the guy that can talk tech and quotes. Or the implementationist, you know, the guy that actually installs this all the time. Yes. Yeah. That's your first impression. You got to make a good one. Mm -hmm. Got to invest in that. And maintain your test environments. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, and another thing, and I know this is a, <laughs> this is nitpicky, but whenever you go to share your screen, be mindful of the tabs you have open at the top right? of the screen. Gosh. That's, that is the first thing I look at anytime yep. they share the screen. I look at what extensions they have. I look at their bookmarks. Mm -hmm. I look at what tabs mm -hmm. they have. I look at oh, what yeah. they have on their system tray. Big oof. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Once you share your screen, we are dissecting every bit of it. So. Oh, yeah. We absolutely judge you by your tabs. Completely. <laughs> and that could end your sale right there. <laughs> Oh my gosh. So or make it. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> All 
All right, gentlemen, we had a really great discussion here. I think we've got uh, another one after this, and that's the implementation. So stay tuned for the future episode. For for this uh, episode of Security with Spirits, I'm Jason. This has been Jonathan. Tony. And we will talk to you all later. Bye. Bye-bye. Hold on. I got to get this cat off my... It keeps jumping up on me. <laughs> I'll be right back. Time to refill.